Greetings and welcome back, dear listeners, to our third installation of Gray Matters here on Deep Spinach. We were fortunate enough to catch Dr. Seth Shostak, senior astronomer with SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, on his way out of town last summer. I had a conversation with him about his take on the alien phenomenon. Dr. Seth Shostak has been a consultant for movies like 2008's The Day the Earth Stood Still, Alien Encounter, a documentary in 99. He's been a guest actor on Star Trek episode of Gods and Men. He's been a TED Talk speaker and is the host of Big Picture Science, SETI's weekly radio show. He is also the author of several books, including Confessions of an Alien Hunter. These are just a few references of Dr. Shostak's work and contributions across the media, movies, and within the scientific community. Please join us for a conversation with one of today's most fascinating scientists working to answer the one question we all have. Are we alone out here? Okay, so we're we're doing a series on UFOs. Um, we we do have a, a another interviewee, but we really wanted to speak to somebody who was very grounded and very on the science end, um, because a lot of people don't understand that a lot goes in to the UFO phenomena, to trying to understand communication and everything. And I had actually seen and read articles of the new array telescope that you have been a part of. One of the first questions that I have for our show, for any of our listeners is, you know, everybody talks about the UFO phenomenon and all of a sudden you have this huge upsurge in people having experiences, people having, you know, first, second and third kind encounters. But my understanding was that the old school way of trying to search for any UFOs was all through radio. And the array has now taken that in a complete new direction. Can you speak about that? Well, if I, can you tell me which array you're talking about? It's not so obvious to me. From what I understand, it was the one, I think it's based in California, the one that has been able to record seven days a week. It's Do a, it's, you mean the Allen telescope? Yes, the Allen telescope, yes. Okay, you know, that's never used for UFOs, of course. Oh, okay, what kind of instrumentation is? How are you guys searching the skies? Well, we're looking for, uh, you know, signals mm-hmm. coming from other star systems. We're not looking for something that might be a few miles above our heads. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll find very few scientists are doing that, none except for one, uh, because, you know, they don't think any of it's true. So, uh, but they don't, they also don't have the kind of instruments that could find things like that. I mean, you have to be able to look at the whole sky all the time. And, you know, radio telescopes don't do anything like that. So the only one who's trying to do that is Avi Loeb at Harvard. Uh, he's been building some equipment to try and do this, but he, he's, the, he's the only guy. Yeah. Wow. So have you ever come across signals that formed a pattern that suggested to you? No. No. If we found a signal, of course, you would know about it because it'd be all over the news, right? Yeah. And we've, we've, we've never found anything. But remind, uh, I, I remind you, we're looking with a radio telescope that's zeroed in on a particular star system. Mm-hmm. So that means we're looking at this guy through a cocktail straw and only at one particular spot. I mean, that's the way radio telescopes are designed to work. So, you know, looking for UFOs is a completely different thing. And that's mostly done, I mean... I hear from people every day just about who claim they've seen something that's probably extraterrestrial and they just tell me a story. But mm. of course, for science, a story isn't very useful. You know, you need something. You need good evidence, good photographs, good video, physical evidence, or, you know, 100 people who saw it all at the same time. I mean, you know, just the individual stories, of which there are about 8,000 reported every year, are not really? terribly useful for science. 8,000. 
And do you? Well, that's the UFO Reporting Center. That's Peter Davenport in the state of Washington. That's what he gets now. Where do you come in on this then? At you know when, when we're we're talking about the actual science of searching the skies. Well, I, I don't think that we're being visited, but I'll just say that straight out. Because if we were, you'd have thousands of scientists working on it. Right, right. And you don't. And, and, and that should tell you something. You think that we're alone in the universe. No, obviously not. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep the job at the SETI Institute because we're <laughs> looking for a cosmic company. But, you know, that wouldn't make sense. They're like a hundred billion cousins of Earth just in our galaxy, and we can see a couple of hundred billion other galaxies. So to say that we're alone would be a really uh, uh, a very uh, rash statement, I think. It's like, you know, waking up, you're 10 years old, and you find some sort of animal behind your house, and you think, I wonder if there are any other animals in the world. Well, there were. Do you have like a guesstimate in the in the small scope of, of area that you've been able to explore? Um, are are there's is there a, maybe a ballpark number of how many planets that are similar to ours? Well, nobody knows that yet, but the estimates are that about one in every two or three stars has a planet about the same size as the Earth. So one in every you know every couple of stars might have a planet like the Earth, and that means again that there. A hundred billion Earths in our galaxy. Okay, well, that puts things into perspective. And of those stars and those planets, I mean, nothing could be a copycat of our planet in terms of the type of forms of life. Because wouldn't it be... Um, have its own evolutionary history, sure. Mm-hmm. And I know that there was there was another shuttle that they were thinking of sending up, and I can't I cannot recall the name of it, that was actually going to send out a new telescope to get us closer. I don't know if you knew anything about that. No, I don't know what that refers to, unless you're referring to the James Webb Space Telescope. But that was launched, I think, in January or February. It's already working. Well, could you expand a little bit more on the program that you direct? Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not the director. But, no, it's, it's, doing what, uh, it's doing what Jodie Foster did in the movie Contact, right? We're trying to eavesdrop on signals. Mm-hmm. So we have big antennas. We point them at nearby star systems. We look at billions of different frequency channels because we don't know where the signal might be. And, uh, you know, we haven't found anything. If we had, of course, that would be uh, all over the news. Would that information go directly to the government first before it filters down into the media? No, the government's not involved at all, actually. And besides, well, you'd only get... The fact that you picked up a signal at this frequency, that's what you would know. It's not a whole lot of information. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, the government's not involved. We, we had a signal. It was a signal that we got that turned out to be our satellites. But in any case, for a while, we thought it was ET. The government mm-hmm. had no interest whatsoever. Wow. My mom didn't even call. Mm-hmm. Only the New York Times called. They were interested. Well, I understand that SETI is privately funded. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How long have you been with SETI? Since 19, I guess it was 1990, 1990, actually, 1990, long time. Are organizations like SETI receiving any more signals, any more clues? Does anything on your end indicate that something like this would be a fact? No, I don't don't think it's a fact. As I say, I I don't think you'll find many scientists who think it's a fact. It's, It's a it's a. 
it's a story. I mean, it's like Santa Claus, to be honest. Yeah. About a third of the American public believes in Santa Claus, but, you know, they're, they're mostly young kids. In the case of UFOs, it's about a third of the American public thinks that Earth is being visited by aliens. But if that were the case, you know, you would have really good evidence. It would, wouldn't be reports, you know, stories that people call up and say, I saw something last night and I don't know what it is. And can you tell me? That's the kind of call I get. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wouldn't be that. that we have thousands, about 8,000 actually, satellites looking down at the Earth all the time. They would see things that were visiting Earth, right? Right. Uh, they're, amateur, they're amateur astronomers. They're hundreds of thousands. I, I gave a talk in New Mexico to them, what, four or five days ago, and they told me, you know, they never see anything that looks like a UFO, and they're looking at the sky as many clear nights as there are. So I, I think that the whole UFO thing is it's an interesting uh, hypothesis, but it's all there's no science behind it. I mean, it does. there's no evidence for that. There's nothing you could put in your local science museum. There's nothing you'll find in the Smithsonian because it's just stories. It's sort of like, you know, I have a guardian angel. A third of the public thinks that too. And, you know, okay, so tell me, you know, what's the evidence for that? And they say, well, I feel it or I see it or they do this or they do that. But none of that is science, actually. I guess then the, the, the question that comes up is, if there is no science, and, and you are correct, I mean, I, I hold the same belief. If there was something, if there was something in our airspace, if there, you know, if all these things were real, other astronomers would, who do have the larger telescopes, would be picking up things like this, would be picking up signals. I know that there are individuals who actually, they're also listening with, with whatever equipment they have available. But if that is the case, uh, on the one hand, there is this idea that there are so many what, one in two planets that has, you know, the, the capacity of life that we do, but yet there's no evidence. So where is, where is the, the connection between well, continuing to look? To begin with, I, I, you know, as I say, you won't find too many scientists who spend any time on this to begin with. You know, telescope time is rather valuable. And besides, the big telescopes that we have are totally unsuitable for finding UFOs. To see UFOs, you have to be sitting out in your backyard and looking at the sky, right? No, no telescope can follow that kind of a rapidly moving object. There's just no way to do that. So the idea that the professional scientists have something to say about this, I mean, in, in a sense, the premise is wrong. But, you know, the reason they don't spend time on it, with the exception of this one guy, uh, is because they don't think there's any good evidence to suggest it's true. And, and that's really the problem. I mean, you can have thousands of people telling you stories. You know, a third of the public believes in ghosts. And they can tell you lots of stories. But, you know, would you believe in ghosts as, as a result of the stories? Or would you say, look, I need something more. I need, you know, make some, some good video with your phone or something. And they don't do that. Yeah, well, SETI has yet to find the aliens. And, uh, you know, but I bet everybody a cup of coffee that we will in the next 10 or 15 years, only because the speed of these searches going up, the speed of searching for signals from other star systems, not from not from Earth, but from other star systems, the speed of that search, uh, you know, doubles about every two years because it's very dependent on compute power. And computers are getting, of course, faster all the time. So 
you know, I think that there's reason to be optimistic that something will happen in the next 10 or 15 years that, will, you know, we pick up a signal. But that's just my rosy, uh, rose-colored glasses view of the whole thing. It may not happen. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's my, my view of it. But we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, predictions aren't very valuable. May I ask which star systems you're looking at? Well, we have a list of thousands of them, of course. But mostly they're the nearest star systems where the stars are approximately the same luminosity as the sun. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you have very hot stars. Those are the ones you see with your naked eye. But those aren't good targets because they burn out in like 10 or 20 million years. And that's not long enough to incubate intelligent life, it doesn't seem to me. But that's a very small fraction of the stars. Most stars are like the sun or even dimmer than the sun, right? And all of those are candidates. So normally what you do is you just start with the nearest other star systems and work your way out. So we, we typically look at stars that are within about 200 light years. And there are the order of a million star systems that are within 200 light years. What is the closest one that you're looking at to the Earth right now? Well, I don't know what we're looking at right now. I mean, it's just in the computers. But the nearest other star system is uh, the Proxima Centauri star system, and that's 4.3 light years away. And it's known to have a planet. It's been looked at many times, by the way. This was really amazing and helpful, and I think kind of giving a a grounded perspective for all our listeners that so much more goes into trying to, to find that signal, to hear that signal, and that... I think so many people feel like there's so many government cover-ups and there's, you know, all these things, but you don't feel that way. No. Look, I would say only to them, this is an industry, the UFO industry, right? So they're selling you on the idea, then they'll sell you on watching the TV show or whatever, Mm -hmm. stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And that's been true for a long time. Uh, The whole UFO story began in the late 1940s, after all. And uh, again... As one scientist put it to me, if he thought there was a 1% chance that it was true, he would spend all his time working on it. But he's not. He's not. Because there's just no good evidence. And that's something they should keep in mind. It's fine to think that the government is covering things up, but that's what's called an argument from ignorance. I don't know what they know, so presumably they know that the UFOs are real alien craft, right? right. But that's not proof. That's just saying, you know, I can't prove it, but the government could if they wanted to. That's, that's, a, you know, that's just conspiracy theory reasoning and doesn't really make any sense if we were being visited if the government could see the aliens millions of other people could see them too right yes be like asking the incas do you think the spaniards are here everybody knew they were here. <laughs> i would i would only say it's fine to believe whatever you want just don't spend any money on it because <laughs> you're being ripped off right exactly and that's you know and that's kind of where where Jason and I come in where we're like, all right, well, let's let's take this and take it from a, like a more grounded scientific perspective, you know, and that's that's why we love talking with people like you that are like, OK, take a step back, take a step back and, and really consider fact from fiction. And I'm so I'm so grateful for you and your time to well, it's a pleasure. Put in your two cents. I hope you can find something useful there. I've got to run because I've got another meeting that begins in six minutes. OK. So. No, that's great. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Seth Shostak. You can find him on the web at sethshostak.com. Links to Seth's book, Confessions of an Alien Hunter, and his podcast, Big Picture Science, can be found in the show notes. Learn more about the search for extraterrestrial intelligence at seti.org. 
Please stay with us for part four in our Gray Matters series, Who's Got Ground Control? A conversation with Peter Davenport of the National UFO Reporting Center. Gray Matters from Deep Spinach is a production of Javi Media. Visit us on the web at javimedia.net. Javi Media.